Welcome, community. So here we are for our Metta Hour. Not that the whole retreat isn't a Metta Hour in one way or another, but this is the time that we've set set aside to directly cultivate this attitude of mind. How many people love guided metta? How many people hate guided metta? How many people are mm, little laroders? Okay, just to normalize, right? So let me speak a little bit about this cultivation and why we offer this. First, you know that it's a wholesome quality of mind, right? If you look to the Buddhist teachings on wise intention, wise intention, he talks directly about the cultivate, cultivation of compassion and metta. And um, those particular attitudes of mind are the direction of the whole practice path using those attitudes of mind, practicing with those attitudes of mind to the extent we can. And the practice bends in the direction of strengthening that quality of the heart-mind as we go along. So as you may have noticed for yourself thus far, it makes a big difference when you're practicing if there's some goodwill towards yourself when you hit something difficult in particular. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed the difference between thoughts of this isn't good enough or I can't do this or this is so stupid or why am I like this or I'm probably the worst one here. You know, all of these kinds of flagellating (laughs) thoughts. And the difference between that and when the mind responds with, it's okay, baby cakes. It's just tough. It's tough. You've experienced tough things before. You're right. You're right. You don't have to be perfect. Which, which one of those is more onward leading? in terms of being supportive for you when you come into the range of things that one comes in contact with doing this practice of vipassana, which is very much a a practice of um, touching and squeezing out the delusion in the mind stream. So we talked earlier about the hindrances and seeing the hindrances and recognizing the hindrances. What do we need as a base to be able to recognize the presence of a hindrance without collapsing into self-judgment or condemnation or despair or futility? There needs to be some buoyancy in the mind, some, some baseline of confidence, of self-reinforcement. So I know we all do a lot of thinking uh, as we practice, as we go about our day. As long as you're thinking anyway, <laughs> as long as you're thinking anyway, you might try thinking some onward-leading thoughts. Thoughts of self-support. Now, as to why we do this cultivation here in the hall as a community, well, you know, you don't really know each other. That's one reason. You know, you're, you're in this environment with, you know, a group of people who are probably largely strangers. You know, you're sitting next to each other kind of close, you know. You're sitting at tables with people you don't know. You're sharing bathrooms with people you don't know. You know, you're jostling elbows at the serving table with each other. 
who are these people anyway? Are they okay? Are they a bunch of weirdos? Well, let me answer that question for you. Yes, definitely. (laughs) This is like you are too. So we're all a bunch of weirdos here. But, you know, we're here together practicing doing the same cultivation together, cultivating these same qualities of heart together, including the teachers cultivating this in ourselves as we, we offer the teachings as best we can. So there's a way, and sometimes we can see other people as kind of annoying or irritating or getting in our way or like our competitors. Anybody had any feelings of competition? Yeah. Yeah. I bet I can walk slower than that guy. <laughs> he thinks he's all that. Oh, let me see this one, you know. <laughs> it's like... Uh, are they comp- your competitors or your uh, uh, irritants, right? Like, God, that person with the door, you know, they just slam the door. Every time they slam the door. What's the matter? Can't they hear the door? They slam the door. That person rings the bell too loud. No, that person rings the bell too soft. That person takes up too much space on their cushion, like their blankets are overflowing in my space. Okay, life and community. Life and community. Your uh, capacity for noticing has gone up. Your available distractions have gone down. So there's a certain kind of way, and you know, that we have these you know, boundaries and sometimes rough edges. Uh, yeah, and they can come into collision. So imagine the benefit then of framing your activity uh, here as a kind of parallel play that you're doing with your, with your sangha, with your community, And we're all doing our individual practice, but we're all doing practice together. And knowing that everything that you're experiencing, the challenges, the difficulties, the hindrances, the mind states, the worries, the self-doubts, the wanting for something that isn't available here, it's going on with all these other minds too. Of course, we don't necessarily know that. I sometimes thought that a great deal could be normalized if we, you know, had like some sort of speaker attached to our our head that when we thought, you know, our thoughts would get like broadcast out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. It would make a lot a lot clearer about humans and human nature and human society and why it is the way that it is. Oh, we got a lot to work with. But we're not so different. You know, we all have the basic similar biological setup and the same kind of longing to be happy. So by offering you this practice together, our hope is that you will be supported in finding community, even in the silence. And recognize that the people around you, although they can be irritating, are also a source of support to you. And can you silently offer them support? And in a certain kind of way, that's really a power move at the beginning of every formal sitting forming intention, sitting down. May I practice well today. May I practice with integrity. Maybe for a few seconds just become aware of the people sitting around you, not vibing them or anything, but just be aware that there are people around you. May you too practice well today. May you practice with integrity and courage. May your practice go well. so that we're doing it together. 
Now, as to this process of organizing the meta practice in this very systematic kind of way, the idea behind this is that we can get quite particular, quite specific in our practice by picking particular individuals in particular categories of being. And by starting in the beginning, by starting with what's easy, you know, benefactor or dear friend or self, and then moving on to other types of being, we can borrow from the mind's willingness to do the practice where it's easy, say in regard to a dear friend. And that willingness is part of watering the seed of the meta-intention in the mind and strengthening our concentration in doing the practice. So that, I explained to somebody today, doing this practice this way is is kind of like... uh, you know, having a, riding a bicycle down a hill. Okay, at first you, you go over the crest of the hill, you're pedaling, and then gravity supports you, right? Helps you accelerate, strengthens. You're still pedaling, but, you know, you really don't need to do very much because it's just kind of like happening. Then you hit the bottom. Okay, a little more pedaling is required. Then you hit the bottom, the neutral person. Okay, you've got some momentum going, <laughs> from this arc of starting easy when you hit the neutral. Then when you're doing the practice for somebody who's difficult or a category of being that's difficult, you've got something behind you, right? You're not doing just a cold a cold start by picking your hardest person and then going directly to them and seeing if you can do it. I can't tell you the number of times I've given the meta instruction to start where it's easy. And I'll say start where it's easy and I'll give the instruction about why to start where it's easy. And at at the end of the session, this is usually in community Dharma settings, somebody will always raise their hand and they'll say, I tried to give meta to, I don't know, Putin and it didn't work. And I'll say, what did I tell you? (laughs) Start where it's easy. Okay. We will get to him. (laughs) As a Ukrainian heritage person, I can say that. He's on my list. (laughs) But he doesn't pop up, number one. All right. So... Today we're going to be working with the neutral person, the neutral person. So just to think about who that might be. So part of this uh, traditional way of offering the practice is you have either an image of the person or a felt sense of them or some trace memory of them or something, right? That helps you like create a sense of connection with the being and then there's the process of um, intentional, forming the intention to offer metta, to cultivate metta and to offer it to this being and then there's the recitation of the phrases, right? The, the phrases are, are carrier waves for the metta intention. We got a whole talk last night about uh, thinking, 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 thinking. This practice really shows you that thinking is not the enemy. You're using thoughts. What is going on here when you're saying the metaphrases? You're thinking, right? You're using words as a a carrier wave of this intention of offering goodwill and the wish for the well-being of others. So wholesome thought. Wholesome thought is part of wise, wise intention, the second step of the Eightfold Path. So today we're going to start with someone where it's easy, a single easy being. So do you have your easy being? You know who they are. Don't dither too much in picking, okay? 
you have your easy being. We'll work with the easy being. And then we're going to go to a neutral person. And then we'll close that by going to all beings. And maybe there'll be some, some time left for questions at the end of that. All right, the neutral being. Not just a blank lollipop face, okay? So pick pick somebody that you, you kind of know, like me, you know, the postal clerk at your local post office. You know, your barista. Well, maybe they're not neutral. Maybe they're very important, actually, <laughs> or annoying. But or uh, you know, the person who checks you out at the supermarket. Or somebody that, you know, rides the subway, that you see on the subway stop, often at the same time you're taking the train. Somebody like that. A staff member you've seen around the building here. Um, A yogi here that does a particular job and you kind of have some image or idea of who they are, but you don't have like a big sense of their bio or no big... No big for or against in relationship to this person. But maybe an okayness with them. Just an okay. You don't really know them. But you do know them in a certain kind of way, right? Because you know that all beings wish to be happy. And so part of this practice can involve a skillful reflection before you offer metta to a particular being that goes along the lines, just as I wish to be happy, so may you be happy. As I wish to be well, may you be well. As I wish to be safe, may you be safe. As I wish to live at ease, may you live at ease. So you're acknowledging their their humanity and that they're like you in some essential kind of way. So that can be a way that makes the heart-mind a little more willing to include them in the circle, in the circle of community, in the circle of goodwill. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're... Kind of like me. Yeah, you look really different from me. You're like a different age. You're a different race. You're a different gender. I bet your politics are real different. But yeah, you want to be happy too. Yeah, you want to be safe. I get it. Because we all do. Okay, so take take a second. And let yourself... Confirm your easy person. And then after you've gotten that, let yourself pick a neutral person. drive-through person. The crossing guard. The, right. Okay, so you have a candidate there. Okay, it doesn't have to be perfect. All right, now let's... Let's start. Just reflecting on the importance of this quality of the heart and its power. power to create internal and external harmony. A 
let yourself bring to mind your easy person. Letting your yourself feel a connection or an image, trace memory, some some way of keeping them in your perceptual frame. And then being willing to to offer them these phrases of good goodwill as if they were wish fulfilling gems. This is the if it were up to me mind. May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy and strong. May you live with ease of well-being. Inviting relaxation in the body and perhaps a softening at the heart center and even a small smile. Continuing on your own with your phrases. Making this offering from the heart.
Now, if you're willing, wrap it up with that person. Leave them with a blessing. May all be well with you. And let yourself bring up your neutral person. Reflecting Just as I wish to be happy, so do you. As I wish to be safe, so do you. you also wish to be healthy and to live at ease. And inviting the phrases to come forward from the heart to this sentient being. May you be happy. May you also be safe. May you be healthy and strong. May you live with ease of well-being. If you wish, you can repeat each phrase a few times. May you be happy.
May you be happy. Letting it land. May you be happy too. And now leaving that being with a blessing. That being so like you. Let yourself become aware of the people sitting around you. Keep your own seat, but just 
let yourself be aware there are beings. Fellow wayfarers. Let yourself form the intention of goodwill towards them. May you too be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. Letting the aperture of the mind open a little broader to all the beings here in the hall, seen and unseen. May we all be happy. May we all be safe. May we all be healthy and live with ease. Likewise, radiating metta out with this as the center out to beings in the other buildings and to beings around this place into the woods fields, the sky, the ponds, below the earth, may we all be happy. May we be safe. May we all be healthy and live with ease. Expanding the circle out in your own way. To the neighboring towns. To other kinds of beings that come to mind. May we all be happy and safe.
May we all be healthy. May everyone live with ease. whatever being or category of being or place in the world that comes to mind spontaneously be included in this field of metta. Your home place, your family, places in the world where metta is in short supply. The creatures of the sea and the waters. forests and all the beings there. The beings of the sky. The earth itself, Gaia. May you be happy. May you be safe, Mother. May you be healthy. May you be at ease. And as if this planet were (coughs) the source, the radiating source of metta, itself, imagining metta going out from Gaia, from all of us, in all directions, to beings everywhere, seen and unseen. Greetings from here. May we all be happy. May we all be safe. be healthy. May we all live with ease.
May the benefit of this practice that we've done together be shared with all beings everywhere and may it be a cause and condition of our own awakening and that of everyone. This is a deceptively simple and powerful practice. You know? It's uh, often a slow cooker. So if you're having the experience of, oh, I don't have any meta, you know, I don't feel anything, or sometimes the practice can actually bring up the opposite. This is considered to be a purification practice. You know, it can bring up the opposite. It's like, I don't want to give them meta. It's like, that's stupid. So you're just, you're just seeing the cross currents in the mind, right? You're seeing um, the arising of some uh, conditioned aversion. So what that that indicates is like, well, there's a lot to be that can be developed here. Because I don't know, but I'm betting that's not the only time aversion may arise in the mind is when you're trying to do meta. <laughs> Maybe there's a little bit that can show itself from time to time under other circumstances. So one of the things just to be aware of is, you know, whether you like feel uh, emotion or you find doesn't make that much difference. So it's fine to invite that body sense uh, if it's there, but it's not the necessary element. It's really the intention the intention to cultivate goodwill. And then letting the phrases be the carrier wave, be your jungle gym, so to speak, uh, in practicing those thoughts of goodwill and holding connection of some type uh, to the being for whom you're offering it. So all the same hindrances can come up in metapractice that come up in sitting practice or walking practice or just, you know, times in between. The usual instruction in working with meta practice, if you do have hindrances come up, is if they're kind of on the periphery, if they're not particularly strong, they're kind of like they're in the background or maybe they come in for a little bit but then they flicker out, if it's like that, in regard to the arising of a hindrance, the usual instruction would be just ignore it, just keep going with the metta. If a hindrance becomes strong so that it's the predominant thing that's happening, it's the main thing that's happening there, then that's an indication that you should put aside the metta practice for a while and work directly with the hindrance in the ways that you know how to work with the hindrance. In other words, turn towards it, name it as a hindrance, actually uh, offer it mindful attention, do some investigation about its particularities and things like that.
People who are meta-haters can become meta-lovers. Just so you know. <laughs> I've, I've, seen some, <laughs> I've seen some real changes in, in people over the years. You know, people that have, uh, have been on re- retreat a number of times and would come into small, shorter retreats, would come into small group practice meeting and say, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Hey, blah. And I'd say, you know, that's a, that's a lot, lot of suffering from aversion in the mind. You, know, you should really consider taking up meta practice, doing some meta. And the mind would go, Finally, like but the, the the fourth or fifth retreat that this one individual I'm thinking about was was on with me, and it was like the small group. It was the same thing, and he says, "I know, I know, I know, I know, I know." Meta, 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 meta. Next year he came back, and he was in the small group, and da 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 da. And I I said, "Well," he said, "I did the meta." I did the meta. It's like really, it's I did the meta. <laughs> it changed my relationship with my brother. I'm a meta practitioner from now on. So t- sometimes the the harder, you know, the harder they fall, you know, the more, more resistance, the harder they fall when they fall. Because we can have a lot of unconscious beliefs about this, you know. There can be like, "Oh, this is stupid." It's the what is this magical thinking? Is this like the power of positive thinking? We're going to offer this, and then it's going to change things for people. Is that what we're trying to do? So the answer to that is no. The primary cultivation here is actually in relationship to our own hearts. We're developing this quality of the heart-mind in a way that we can have access to it more and more so that it will spontaneously arise more frequently and more easily and more strongly. So this is, this is our, our cultivation, our bhavana. So, you know, if, if one develops some capacity to hold this frame of goodwill as one moves through the world, it makes life a lot different, right? Not so easily thrown into fear, not so easily thrown into hostility, not so easily thrown into internal collapse, so there's a lot really empowering about this. So, you know, even if you're not like oozing metta when you do these practices, you're developing a pathway. Okay. So that's my metta pep talk for the day. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for your willingness. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.